Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> What's happening, everyone? Adi and Costa here, Gate 7 International, a Sunday edition, touching on a few things, preseason number two, some transfer rumors, and of course, maybe a little bit of a World Cup chat afterwards. Costa, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, good to be back. It's been a been a while since we've done a live. Let's uh, get the juices flowing. I think, yeah, we already managed to do that with the Jolevas interview. Um, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And well, now that you brought it up, guys, if you haven't checked it out already, the Jolevas interview is up. It is, in my opinion, and I know uh, some of the comments on the video and on socials agreed. This is the best interview we've done. We've done some great interviews with a lot of great players, but unfiltered Holebas is something else that guy is a trip tells it like it is and you love to hear it from him i mean it was an amazing interview costa and costa they did a fantastic job uh to bring you guys this content so check it out if you haven't done so uh already it's a really really wonderfully done interview it's dynamite he, literally, so you have to i mean you know the guy from his demeanor he looks like a very direct kind of person like outspoken and you know the, the title was quite indicative of of what the uh of what the interview was like i mean the guy is a straight shooter he's very very direct very honest um he talked about he talked about his first in at Olympiacos. he talked about the second time round the differences he talks about pretty much uh, like all the managers almost uh like martins uh, mitchell uh, valverde Santos national team, the Costa Rica game, what happened after that, um, some stories, you know, what was going on when penalties were being taken. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the interview already, go and check it out afterwards, put it on your watch later list. Yeah, that's one you you don't want to miss. Greek subtitle was available to you guys. Um, go check it out. And the Greek subtitles are, are good Greek subtitles. That's why we bring up, because we do have subtitles available for everything, but these are actually like well-done subtitles. They Courtesy. are well-done subtitles because I spent four or five hours editing them. So please uh... <laughs> check out the video for Costa's sake. Uh, if you guys haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe. Ring the bell at the bottom if you want to be notified anytime we go live. Content is always coming. We're bringing you Legends interviews. Uh, transfer season is upon us. The I should say the mid-season transfer window is upon us, which means more deep dives if new players come in. Uh, stay up to date with us. We're always bringing you guys the latest news. We have our sources now. Uh, we've developed some great relationships over the course of the last couple of years uh, for this podcast. So we are always in the know these days. So keep up with us. We do lives post-match when they happen, and we're also going to be doing some stuff for the holidays as well. So stay in touch. Hit that like button, subscribe. The engagements continue to help us for the algorithm, and it's continuing to grow the show. 
uh, some great growth across the last couple of days. Help us continue to make this red, white, and community the biggest that it can be. A couple of quick notes from our sponsors real quick as well. Uh, Piraeus International is your one-stop shop for all your international transshipping needs, whether you're shipping in and out of Greece, the United States, England, Australia, you name it, they can help you. Give our friends a call at 410-675-4696. That's a U.S.-based number, so don't forget, for those of you that are overseas, dial 001 to connect. And check them out on their website at www.piraeusintl.com. And lastly, guys, I don't know if any of you have been following along on socials. Uh, we've been doing the betters corner. I've been placing bets literally every day for every game um, using, of course, with uh, some of the data that we have access to to try and make the most informed bets. Some of you have bet alongside with us. Some of you have shared your bets with us, which is really cool. Uh, I'm doing all right so far. Uh, today wasn't a good day. Uh, we'll see what happens with Spain, Germany. But it hasn't been a good day for me today, but I've been winning most of them. So check it out. Bet along with us. The promo code is GATE7INTL. Uh, visit betus.com.pa. The link is always included in our social media posts, so you can always find it there. It's also at the description of the show. So check it out, and you guys can bet and make some money with us. Now that that's out of the way, one other quick shout-out we wanted to mention before we start getting into it. And that is Olympiacos DC. They have made it to the division finals of UPSL play. Uh, they had a great win against SYC United, uh, three nothing. It was a very strong win, very decisive win. They've made it to the division finals pretty much every season since they've started in UPSL. We're hoping that this year is the year that they win and then they go on to the national tournament and hopefully win that spot in the U.S. Open Cup. So good luck, guys. We're all with you. Guys, if you're on socials, follow them at Olibiacos DC. Give them a shout. Give the boys some words of encouragement. They're really young guys. They're they're just motivated to wear the badge. You love to see it. And they're just fighting to one day maybe they can be the next players for Olibiacos. So check them out and wish them uh, the best. Uh, TF91 here with a great question. Can somebody explain where does Olibiacos DC compete? Uh, Olympiacos DC competes right here in the United States. Uh, they play in UPSL. That stands for the United Premier Soccer League. It's fourth division U.S. soccer. So it is the first division outside of professional. Third division is where professional starts in the U.S. So uh, a win here in the finals and a really good appearance in the national tournament can see some investment for them so that they can move into a professional league. Then Olympiacos will have two professional clubs across the world. That's what we're trying to get here. So these guys compete in the United States in fourth division U.S. soccer just so that we can uh, hopefully get them into a, a professional league. So good luck to the boys. We hope to see. We hope that they uh, they win the whole thing. Now let's get on with it, boys. So Costa, the big thing that came out, the big news is the squad that was announced for Spain for preseason 2.0. There's a couple of surprises. Uh, both surprise inclusions and exclusions so we're going to put the this is the call sheet here for everybody that went to spain marcelo included after reports of us maybe cutting his contract kind of weird interesting doran leitner included uh like to see that galugeropoulos is making it as well with uh alongside socrates rezos usenuba and adruzos now a notable exclusion there in the defender list is gonzalo avila 
not included. There's been a lot of rumor and speculation that he is cut because of what happened during the Panathinaikos game. We can touch on that in a little bit. You see the goalkeepers, no real surprises, surprises there. Midfielders, again, not too many surprises there, except for the fact that Dabo is coming to Spain with the team. We've talked to you guys, really excited about this player. He looks really good for the B team. This is a guy that pretty much I think all four of us agreed is ready for the first team. He's a tremendous talent, should be there, so excited to see him. And Bowler, Josh Bowler is also part of the squad. Another guy that we thought maybe was either going to be cut or sent back to Blackpool, but you know he's included with the squad on the way you know, to Spain for – uh, 2.0 of preseason training. Costa, what do you make of the list and the inclusions here and exclusions? To be honest with you, it's more or less what I expected. I think maybe, yeah, the, the, the one that was really uncertain was Marcelo. Or, or actually, let me, let me take a, a step back. The ones that I was curious to see if they were going to go was Marcelo, Leidner, Galoyeropoulos from the defenders list. And then in midfield, Samaseku and Dabo for sure, um, because that we'd kind of caught some wind about, about Dabo potentially going to Spain. And then whether or not Abu Kamara would be taken as a, as a striking option. And he's only got two strikers. So if somebody gets, you know, God forbid somebody gets injured in training or during a match, then he's got pre-season with one striker to work with. Um, honestly, um, from that list, I, I am super happy to see that Darbo gets a chance because I think when he's been playing with the B team, it's 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 boys against men, uh, or rather, uh, the, or the other way around, whichever you prefer. He's above, above and beyond everyone else. I think in that team, and I think the fact that you know Inbom is is away with the national team gives him the opportunity to go there. I think, for me, his competition in that midfield is Kasami. Not so much Bukalagis. I don't know if Bukalagis can turn things around at the club, but I think uh, I think. This is a real chance for for Darbo to stake his place in the first team for for when he gets back. Happy to see Leidner is taken. Um, for Marcelo, I mean it's it's the last chance. I think he has to show something while we're there, and if he doesn't, then possibly he stays and doesn't come back. Um, there were rumours that he's been offered a job by Real Madrid as an ambassador. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, to say that he's been a disappointment is an understatement. But but there you go. I think those, you know, Darbo, Marcelo, Leidner, they're the ones to really kind of focus in on looking at looking at that list there. Samaseku too, he was one that we weren't sure there was some talk about his contract being terminated. I mean, his loan being terminated, but he played for Hoffenheim. Uh, so he can't go back to Hoffenheim and be loaned to another club. So to yeah. be loaned back to Hoffenheim, to sit on the bench at Hoffenheim, uh, I, I'm not sure. It would be it would be good to 
to see him get get an opportunity as well. But I mean, visually, just looking at that list, like look how many midfielders are there. Like <laughs> look how many midfielders and look how many strikers. It's um, it's an imbalance. It's an imbalanced midfield still. Yeah, for sure. And I guess technically, Vrusai and Doi, for the sake of how they've been used, they would really be defenders. They're going to be True. used as wingbacks. Vrusai has been pushed up the field, I think, once this season so far. Um, but uh, yeah, still, even even if we move them like we're like we would su- supposed to, like we're supposed to, I should say, uh, it's still a very imbalanced uh, midfield as it were the Samaseku thing surprises me because again he's a low knee we're never doing the buyout I thought maybe Michelle would want to cut cut the court early with him stick with the guys that are staying but I guess not I mean he's a great player every time we see him he looks like he has something at least to offer he looks like a great asset that could be in the midfield so maybe Michelle sees that and he's willing to move forward with him there's a good question also here from Nolan Lindner Fox about Fadiga what happened to Fadiga He's on loan. Um, so I, I don't think that that was ever going to be an option this season because he's on loan. He's going to stay on loan and we'll see him when he comes back um, over the summer. So that's why you don't see him there. But, you know, I'm hoping that uh, some good comes of this preseason for the younger guys, you know, Dabo, Ledner, God, Doran Ledner. I just want to see this kid play for the first team. Uh, I think I've said that enough. I don't need to beat that dead horse i guess but that's what that's what i want to see i want to see this kid really tear it up um we hear nothing but good things about him in training i would i think he deserves a chance on the pitch for the first team to show what he's got and i think he'll get that in those friendlies so let's hope for the best maybe a masuras revival so we don't see the what we've seen what do you think who knows honestly yeah yeah, it feels like a broken record. I mean, looking at that that list of midfielders, the only attacker that you have that can play one on one is um, is Bowler Rodriguez, Gary Rodriguez, maybe if he's fit. Yeah, yeah. So Fortunis, I don't know if Fortunis is being um, if they'll experiment with Fortunis on the wing at this moment in time because. Hammers is your 10. Hammers is the playmaker. Everything is going to be built around him. Um, I would I would be open to seeing that experiment for Tunis out on the left right now. Because I think the creativity and the you know the the the, the lack of guile in the in the final third is really stark. We don't have a player from coming from the wing that can score, that can assist. Masuras hasn't done it this season. No. no. Rodriguez played a couple of games before he got injured. Same old story. So I'm, I'm expecting to see that. I'm expecting to see an experiment with Fortunis out on the wing on the left. I really don't know to what extent Mitchell is going to rely on a player like Bowler. Not, not that I think like he's not good enough. I just have a sense that Mitchell is less interested 
to invest time in players that aren't going to be here next season. So Samaseku is not going to be here next season. Dabo is. Bowler's not going to be here next season. Fortunis is. You could even argue that for Agibu Kamara, but okay, that's a different discussion. Probably want to play Agibu Kamara so that he gets seen and somebody comes and buys him. I, I don't. That's a really interesting one, man, because this is a player who we haven't talked a lot about this season. Agibu, that is. And we all remember how it went last season. So everything pretty much revolved around him to the point where it got ridiculous. It had, it, yeah, we relied far too much on him and you know, we don't know that got to his head maybe a little bit, too much pressure on his shoulders, um, thrown into the deep end and, you know, from one day to another just became an indispensable part of the team. And now he's so far away from that player that we, you know, that was introduced to us essentially last season can he turn it around somebody's asking the question now do you i i don't know i don't know where he fits in this team i think yeah. that i think that he's an eight um like a, how to say like i don't i don't mean this like a like for like comparison like an ingolo kante but he's got the legs like he's good at breaking up possession if you look at his stats like steals and interceptions and pressures very good statistics it's the same what we discussed last season his major issue was decision making so when to shoot instead of passing or when to pass instead of shooting those kinds of things where last season we talked about a lot it's like why did you shoot there? You had a pass on. Why did you pass? You should have shot. That's where we hoped to see improvement that we haven't. And to be honest with you, man, like he he hasn't had a run of games this season. But who do you take out? Huang. No way. Absolutely. There's no, way. There's no way you take him out of this team. So... Look, the... What I always remind everybody, because uh, I get I get asked the same question as well. Uh, people will DM and ask the same thing about Agi, but why does he suck now when he was so good? The my my ish, I don't see a revival for Agipu as it stands under Michel. The play style doesn't suit him. Last year, think about the best things that we saw from him. Think about the games and the context for which we saw the best out of them. I always like to bring up the Fenerbahce game. Um, Fenerbahce, if you guys remember when we were playing the mid block against them, -block. he yeah. was one of the guys sitting there deep. As soon as they crossed midfield and they made that first pass, he was closing things down. He's very great. You already brought up intercepting the ball, um, anticipating where the ball is going to go, closing passing lanes down, closing passing lanes down. But the problem with him is he's not offensively is is where it, it, it doesn't seem to click that well for him. He makes some very bad decisions when we're in transition or when we're getting forward with the ball, whether it's a counter or just the run of open play. He That's where his struggle is, and you can't be struggling. Under Michel, we're playing a little bit more high tempo, a little bit more high press, more offensive. 
it doesn't work as well. Under Martins, when we were playing this, I don't want to say anti-football, but more pessimistic football, it worked for him. He's also pretty good on a set piece. Look at some of those wonder goals he got. He got a ton of these wonder goals off of set piece situations. So these are the skills that he has. And right now, it doesn't fit with what the team is doing and what's going well with the team. So this is why he's he's not doing well or maybe performing as well under Michel. It wasn't managed well by the club. And as long as Michel's the coach, I don't see, unless he's being used as an eight, which I'm sorry, right now we have better guys ahead of him, I don't see how he finds his way back um, to this team. That's my that's my personal opinion, Gustav. Um, Gosa, there's actually um, a couple co questions in the comment section about uh, Gonzalo Avila yeah. um, and his. Uh, we brought we briefly brought it up earlier that there were some rumors about Bonifinacos, uh, the Bonifinacos game being a, a precursor for him kind of being kicked out. Uh, but the the re how the club has acted regarding that it doesn't seem to be con in line or consistent with that approach there's also a comment here about from tf91 guys have you heard the rumors that avila has a health issue probably it's not true but it's the only logical reason i can think of about letting him go um we've heard rumors as some of you guys have nothing confirmed obviously there's nothing that we can say is this is the reason. All I can say from my end, at face value, I see why, you know, at face value, I can see why it's easy to think that the Bonifinacos game is the reason for him being shown the door. Because with, with everything we've seen from him, he hasn't been bad this season. He came in to be a rotation back, and he's kind of had to step up and be the main guy. And he hasn't looked bad. He's had some great games. He's had some not so great games. It it doesn't make sense why you would cut him otherwise, because it's it's not like he's been super bad as or as bad as I can say some other players have been. You know what I mean? The so the I understand why uh people because initially I thought the same thing. I understand why people think the Bonifinacos game is why he's getting the boot. It also doesn't make sense because you look at the the club stance on the foul that he committed publicly. They never blamed him for anything. They always said it was never a penalty. Got up and his stories has always said it's never been a, that's never a penalty. He did nothing wrong, blah, blah, blah. So it's the club is usually pretty consistent in what its message is or lack thereof. Does that make sense? Costa? So I feel like, I feel like if there was an issue with Avila and they took issue with him committing that foul, something would have been said already or a message would have been sent already. That's how I look at it. No, so they, they would never, they would never change the story. I mean, right. The, exactly. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't a penalty. So to say he's going because that game is to say, Oh, it was a penalty. It's his fault. Exactly. Uh, it's a weird one because like you said, He's come in to do a job as a rotation player, somebody that would come in and, you know, fill in for the starting right back in an easier game in Greece. And, you know, we talked about him having ability going forward and we saw that in some games. Like, yeah, his 
decision making needs to improve as well. He's another one of those players, but he's still fairly young. Not not old by any shape or form. I can't remember how old. He's 25, 26. 24, I thought. Even younger. So it's a weird one because now, now you get all these rumors about his health, which I don't want to. I don't want to exacerbate those are rumors like but when you hear the reporters the well because reporters on the radio they were saying that he looks shaky after the Panathinaikos game or was it we played we played Ayak the game right after that and he didn't have a great game against Ayak my point is, where did this like Andrutos and Vrusai leapfrogged him storyline come from? So all of a sudden, Andrutos like Andrutos and Vrusai were like out, out one foot out the door. Yeah, this summer and fair enough. Like Andrutos done it before, man. It, it, it's not the first time that Andrutos has kind of worked his way back into the team and like hats off credit to him but again like Andrutos and Rusai leapfrogging Avila all of a sudden I don't I don't get it and frankly like I'm so not angry I'm just so disappointed like only one of the 12 15 transfers that we made before september like has come through that was that's huang that's insane yeah we made like i'm not taking into account samaseku hammers bakambu i'm talking about like the signings that we made this summer that could play in europe that were available for all competitions it's totally unacceptable for a club of our size and stature that one transfer we made is successful not even this one which is a backup signing like a, a player that came into play as a like a backup squad rotation role and, and we're going to talk about Rodine in a minute because somebody asked a question as well about we're going to talk about some transfer talk even if Rodine comes back uh, c- comes in and you know he's the starting right back Avila, why why wouldn't he continue to play the role that he's supposed to he was signed for? Right. As a at, at least role. as a backup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a weird one. Look, uh, f- for me, uh, a comment just coming in from the random dude. Avila being gone more or less confirms that the board think that he was to blame for Leo Foros. We are seriously going to replace him with a 30-year-old with no European experience. Look, again, I'm. this isn't um, – guys, I think you're reading a little bit too much into that. And the only reason I say that is I understand – what again, I understand why the, you jump to that because the, otherwise there's no reason to believe that – he hasn't done anything to warrant an exit like that. But the club, regardless of how you feel sometimes about how the club is and the club stance on certain things, they are at least consistent on those things. So they wouldn't just, they wouldn't just say 
they wouldn't just publicly blame, let's say, the refs and not put any of it on Avila if they believed he had some part in it because then this then makes them look like they are blaming for him. And I don't think the club would do that. The club is pretty consistent in its message. Um, f- for me, I believe it I – un- I, I could believe very easily at the very least that it's an, it's an off-field thing. If it were an injury, if he sustained a big injury, we would already have heard about it, or at the very least that he had some kind of injury. Maybe not. We wouldn't have known exactly what it was, but we would know that something happened to him. So it leads me to believe it's one of two things, right? Uh, Somebody already posted the rumor about a serious medical issue. It could be that, or two, some other off-field issue. If it were like an off-field issue, like some other type of uh, fasaria, like, you know, whether it's like Ruben Semedo or Bruno, something like along those lines, I feel like we would have heard something in the news already or at something along those lines, something negative, maybe from one of the other uh, rival papers, whatever would have said something or gotten their hands on it somehow. So I, I could believe the medical issue. Again, we've heard the rumors ourselves, but we have nothing confirmed. We can't tell you it is one way or another. Uh, but I, I don't think that it has anything to do with Leoforos, guys. So that's uh, just saying that. Um, and we might as well move on to Rodney because uh, everyone's already asking about him. So yeah. pull it up, Gustav. Uh, yeah, we can go and talk about transfers now. Before we do, hit the like button. If you haven't done so already, costs you nothing. If you're joining us for the first time, we're Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos. Hit the bell to get notification every time we go live. We are live after games. We have special content like the Jose Jolebas interview. Again, if you haven't seen that interview, don't know where you've been the last few days, uh, go and check that out. All right. So, is this the guy to solve our issues at right back? Ari, um, maybe you've got another deep dive coming soon, mate. <laughs> deep dives are going to start up again. They Is- will. If he um, if he does sign, I like I always say, I always do a deep dive for him. I don't have much for you guys right now for him. Uh, the one thing I can say, the the profile... And a lot of people aren't going to like this for sure. The profile is very similar to like how when when I watched Gonzalo Avila play, the profile is like very similar to some of the stuff we saw with Avila. Pretty good getting forward, decent dribbling ability. But the defensive ability, again, is like, mm, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a little questionable. Again, at the very least, at a cursory glance, I deep dives I spend hours looking at film. And I'll get a much better sample size. I'll look at a lot more um, regarding the player, what he's done, you know, and everything else. But what I've seen so far, there's two things that are very clear. He's a pretty good dribbler and he's a pretty bad defender, like defending the ball. So those are the two things he has going for him. I'm not overly impressed by what he's done this season. Uh, For those of you that know, he plays in the Brazilian league. He's played for Flamengo. Um, he's, uh, I'm not overly, again, not overly impressed with what he's done. I think he had last I checked, it was like six assists for the season. Um, and that's in, I don't know how many games, but it's over 3000 minutes. Um, so it's okay. It's nothing terrible. 
I mean, at this rate, it'll probably be similar to what Oleg will do if Oleg follows his similar trajectory. Not that that's saying much. Uh, in terms of uh, volume of balls in the box, the cursory look that I saw as far as career average goes doesn't give me a lot to really get excited about. It's not like there's high volume um, coming from him throughout the season. So we'll see. I mean, if he does sign for the club, I'll do a much more in-depth analysis. But a, a rumor like this, it doesn't exactly excite me, I should say. You know what I mean? At the very least, Gonzalo Avila was younger. I would much per, I would much rather have a younger guy. Um, you know, assuming everything is okay, there's no major health issues or whatever. If everything is status quo, I prefer a guy like Avila. You could argue that the CV for this guy is a little bit better. Uh, if you value the Brazilian league more than second division England. But aside from that, I'm not overly excited with this transfer. It just seems like it just seems like another lateral step or back, maybe a step backwards for me. I don't know how you how you see this at first glance, Gustav, but I, this guy doesn't overly excite me. No, and I and I think in reality, look, man, I, I, in, in the modern game, I think the two most important two of the most important players in the team are your wing backs. So to think that we're going to get, you know, like a top wing back, like a Omar in his in his heyday replacement or a Timikas replacement in January, never going to happen. I think it's a Band-Aid, as Labros would put it. I think it's a Band-Aid transfer. He's 30, going 31. He'll be 31 in January. Now, the story is that River Plate were looking at him. So he's out of contract. He's out of contract, so he's a free transfer. Okay, so low risk for the club, like Vasalco was money-wise. We knew, we knew Vasalco's injury issues. This guy, as far as I know, he doesn't have injury issues. Yeah, he played 47 games last season. So I, I, I'm wondering a little bit how he's going to be if he, I mean, presumably they want him to go to Spain so that he can gel with the team, yeah, get to know the, the his teammates, the manager, the system he wants to play so that he can play in January immediately because we don't have a starting right back. So this guy is coming in reportedly on a free transfer and a two and a half year contract. What can I tell from the videos? Like, you can't. I mean, these guys sit and they do videos and they show all the good stuff. I don't know the player. Right. I'll, I'll judge him when I see him. But it is what we can do right now in a January transfer window. And we we heard some rumours over the summer from, I mean, from contact that we were looking at the Brazilian market throughout the summer. Willian was another name that we were hearing a lot talking to talking to some people like we were looking at the Brazilian market so that the fact that we've turned there for this kind of signing doesn't surprise me based on what we heard this summer from our contacts this is a player now who yeah a lot of people are saying that he was in the 
he was in the larger squad, the larger Brazil squad, before they picked the final 22. Flamengo fans seem to love him. If you go on socials and you look at uh, the comments about him leaving, some of them are distraught. Yeah? So I, I figure he plays with a lot of passion. He seems very physical, strong, again, from some, some highlight clips that I've seen. He's reportedly rejected a bid from River Plate, from Al Nasser. He's not interested to go and play for, for money over there. He has some motivation. He he, uh, he turned down an offer apparently from, from Serie A, from a lower, a lower team in Serie A. And it looks like he wants to come to us because he wants to okay, come and fight for the league and have the, have the possibility to play in, in European competition, which right now from the offers he has, we'd probably be the only team to be able to offer that to him. He's never played in Europe. Can he adapt quickly? It's the Greek league. I mean, we're not playing in any European competition. How right. how bad how bad can he be? Some people are some people are, are, are saying. Some people are asking. I don't know. I found Yeah. But I've been finding that the more we say that question, especially in recent times. Can he can he be worse than what we have? Can it get much worse? We said we tend to surprise ourselves sometimes, and also our track record with Brazilians hasn't been good. No, it hasn't. I'm just you so. just uh, you just stole that from. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I mean, the last one was Rafinha. Okay, he came at 34, 35 from uh, from Flamengo. Again, he right. came from Flamengo. Uh, before that, I mean, my my mind goes back to Santana. Some of you remember Santana, absolute travesty, six-month loan signing. Um, trying to think of other Brazilians we've had at the back. Edu Dracena, some of you might remember. Julio Cesar. Leonardo at left back was another one. He was he was all right. Igor Carioca, the Brazilian, uh, the Brazilian Croatian, who he was a good player, by the way. He's playing in France now in League One. Anyway, we'll never we'll never know about that. But yeah, Brazilians at the back hasn't gone too hasn't gone too well for us. Let's see, let's see when uh, when this is done. You know, you've got another deep dive to do, mate. I'm looking forward to to hearing what you've what you've got there. But if anything, like this is an experienced player, just come back of winning the the Copa Libertadores with with Flamengo and Flamengo is a massive team. Like, so he won't come to Greece and be, you know, in awe or in awe of the, 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 the raucous crowds and all of that. Like he'll be, he'll be used to that. Let's see. You would hope at least there's also, uh, we got a question here about Daniel Mancini, the rumors <sighs> about, uh, the oddest, the oddest, uh, left wing, right wing attacking mid, we'll just call him midfielder. Um, that one for, at least for me, that one's a little bit more interesting of, uh, I don't know, like at face value, he's more interesting of uh, a prospect than this because he's got the same number of goal contributions, like, and, but with a thousand minutes, 
He's played about 1,200 minutes so far this season. When's when's the last time he played Ari? I swear he's been injured or like Ari, Ari hasn't been playing him. But like this is the thing. I I don't want to sign players for the sake of signing them. Right. It's like Mancini isn't a long-term transfer. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have a long-term future at the club. Neither does does Rodine. Okay, like you say no, that no. foreign players or players come in and you know after two and a half years we sell them. So you know, define define a long-term objective, somebody that can like last in the team. But for me, Mancini's not really somebody that we can bring in and sell at a higher price. Neither's Rodine. It's not no. like I don't like it, it's I'm another with you. Bad, it's another band-aid transfer. It's like, oh, we're lacking wingers, but we've got Josh Bowler until the end of the season. Use him. So that's what yep. we're going to do with Mancini. We would sign Mancini and say, oh, yeah, like we, you know, see what he does until the end of the season. And then, oh, Olympiacos is going to look for a winger like we do every summer. So you're not bringing in Mancini to be a starter. I'd rather play Fortunis on the wing. Me too. I would rather play Fortunis on the wing than sign Mancini. Fortunis yep. will give me the same, if not better. It's like, okay, might not be as fast as Mancini, but in terms of goal contributions or assists, I expect higher numbers from Fortunis than I do from Mancini. Mancini, yep. que se Mancini? Like, what am I going to do with Mancini? Is he better than Bowler? I don't, I'm not sure. Does he know the Greek league? Yeah, he knows the Greek league. Like, I'm not a fan. Right. I'm but, not. I'm not a fan of that signing. Uh, a familiar, a familiar question, but this time with a different player. When was the last time we had a great Adis player come and play well for us? Oh God, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, do you have one? No, I can't think of a player from Adis that did very well with us. I can't. We've, no. we've gotten a couple. We've gotten a couple from yeah, Adis, yeah. and they've never... Avram. Avram. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, well, but that, how long ago was that? Yeah, exactly. That's the what last I'm saying. Thing. That's what I'm saying. That the last... Good I swear, call, like, I swear, like, the last good signing, like, from Adis from, was Avram. From Adis would have been Avram. You're absolutely right. I was only, like, thinking, like, the last five, six years... Uh, no, even but, trying to go back as far as 10 years. And I can't think of, I couldn't think of anybody. We've signed um, like Javito. Javito came yep. from, uh, from Aris. He barely played. I think Valverde had him in his squad. He maybe got one or two chances and mm -hmm. maybe a cup game and never really played. Didn't Bruno come from them too? Or did he, we give them Bruno? Uh, I can't remember if he was at Atromitos or on loan to Aris. Or I, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, of course. Then the the most recent one is AK forty seven. Oh, so Thank what a waste that was. Yeah. Um. Well, the hold on a minute. The jury could be out because uh, didn't Bagarianis come from them? Yeah. yeah so if Bagarianis turns out, if he turns out, that would change. Bagarianis hasn't so, played though. He but he hasn't played, played exactly. Yeah. But then in that case, we should only buy center backs from Adis. Then if Bagarianis turns out. To, <laughs> That, that, that's the only thing we'll get well from. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, we have to go back further. But anyway, that, that's besides the point. I'm, I'm with you there, man. I don't I I'd rather I'd rather just trust younger talent at this point. 
Um, thank you, TF91. Bruno did go to Adis after us. I forgot where we even got Bruno from. Must have been like off here or something. I uh, you see, pe pe people are going off in the chat. I don't know if this is before I said his name or after. Avram, yeah. Avram, Avram, Mavrogenidis. Did he, was he that, Irak? Was he I, I didn't even think about that one. I can't remember, but yeah, there, uh, we, we can put this, this is a good show. Was a good show. We can we can put this to bed. Good old Y Scout here, ready to help us out. Yeah, there you go. Good old Y Scout. No, it was, it was Adis. Yeah, we sent him to Iraq oh. after that. Okay. And Bruno was Adromidos. I was gonna look that one up too, but the chats already got got me there. Thank you guys. But yeah, man, it's uh, well, we'll see. look, we'll see what happens. I, I, it feels like with some of what we've already heard for the winter that we're just about to make the same mistakes again that we've already been making. Yeah, like, totally. I'm with you. We we trusted some of our younger guys, and look what it's gotten us. You know what I mean? Ndoy. We put the faith yeah. in Ndoy. He turned out. Look, Adruzos worked his butt off. I'd rather trust what's already here. I'd rather trust what's in the system. We have enough talent to win the to to win the league. We have enough talent to finish the season strong as it is. Pick the rest of the pieces. I don't want any more nonsense. No more mercenaries. No more guys that aren't going to play with 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 this and play for the badge. I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm Just with play, you. Play the guys. Play the younger guys. They're full of passion. They want to play. I'm with you. And there's another rumor that surfaced a few hours ago and that's about Seydou Dumbia he's a player that plays for Angers in in League One they're the worst defense in in French uh top flight football and uh, they're most likely going to get relegated Dumbia is a left back from the Ivory Coast he started his career at PSG in the youth system basically been playing in League One his entire career he's 26 years of age and he's out of contract in the summer and uh, he was mentioned as a potential transfer target he's a left back and again you're just like okay for me you don't sign a left back unless you're selling one you have Oleg Rabchuk you have Doran Leidner is Marcelo ever going to play at left back you have three there already. Yeah. If you sign this guy, Dumbia, no chance to see Doran Leidner. I, I, I feel like, I feel like it's one of those typical transfer windows. It's always the same. It's like names coming and going, just to just to keep keep things going, just to keep putting stories out there. I have a feeling from listening to the manager when he joined, he said, I want to work with 24 players. He took 24 players to Spain, plus three keepers, 27 players. We should not be making signings unless they are absolutely necessary. A right back is absolutely necessary. A centre-back. A centre-back, probably. I don't know how much we can rely on Socrates. No. 
He's in, he got injured. Like he got injured in the last game. I don't know how long he's going to be out. And he's a rhythm player. He needs two, three games to be Socrates. Yeah, Redzos not reliable. I, 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 I love him, but he's unreliable. And then who have you got? Like you're going to get Avram to put his, uh, you know, training kit back on, Paul Skull style. I don't know. Who else have we got at centre back? I'm lost. I'm genuinely lost. Like Bar, no, thank Forget you. It. No, I'm, I was done. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Like and Cisse, I love as well. But I hope Cisse gets a move. It's over yeah. for Cisse in the club. It's over. Yeah, I, I love honestly, it. I love it. Bit, but it's dumb. Is it too much to ask that maybe we we grow a young centre back pairing together? Like what? Why? Why did we stop? Why did we stop doing that with our with our Greek center backs? You know what I mean? Or bringing right, in yeah. maybe like another Greek center back that can play well. Like remember when we had Manola and Siovas playing together? I thought that was a great center back pairing. We, here we have Doy who's playing very well, and we have two other guys that are promising. One that's on loan, Bagalianis, and then Kalogeropoulos. Is it too much to ask to start maybe building some chemistry between those guys? Let let them play. I'd, maybe that's something for over the summer, but why not let Kaloyeropoulos play alongside alongside uh, Doy? I know maybe you want some more veteran experience there. Um, at the very need... least, to finish the season, you need somebody that's more veteran. But I would like to grow a young pair together. But that's why Socrates and Doy worked so well. Yeah, because you had you had the experience of Socrates and the the youth and like determination of 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 doi and yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know we know that there were some talks when they came yeah. for the friendly in the summer but i don't know like hadziakos is probably quite expensive too man i i don't he's not coming back to greece man there's no way yeah i nolan yeah, there's cut, no way dude <laughs> Cut the bullshit, Come on, man. man. There's no Come way. Come on, buddy. There's no way. We should have signed him back then, but Arsene Wenger yeah. picked us to him. Like, fair enough. But um, yeah. that's just what I want to see, man. I would love. I don't see why we can't just start building at a necessity, trying to build a young core for for center back. Like, okay, the the either way though, like the moves that need to be made. Um, you you look at like forget left back. You look at okay, maybe you need somebody, a veteran, healthy presence at center back, and then a right back. And then don't forget, we forgot to mention left back. Who's coming back over the summer after his loan? Kitsos. Project Nutsimikas. Sure. And he actually he's having a decent go of it. Like right before the break, he was actually doing pretty well with Ammonia, playing against Manchester United, playing multiple league games for them. I mean, he had literally he was four marking Anthony. starts. Yeah. He was marking Anthony against United. He did really well. Looked very well. Gosta, look at his vo- – I mean, all I can tell you is, and I have it pulled up right here, like look at his volume of shot contributions. I would cry if Oleg could put up these kind of numbers. I, okay, yeah, it's Cyprus, but we play in Greece, man. Like, And we can't get Oleg to play balls forward or into the box. Kitsos also can dribble pe- or pass people. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to hear – honestly – I don't want to hear anything about a left back. If I hear that we're we're looking for another left back signing outside of what we have without selling Rebjuk or without getting rid of somebody else, I'm going to lose my mind. 
I only want to hear about right back. I really want to hear about right back. Right that's back. what I want to hear about. That's it. That's it, man. You like look at everything that's being talked about. Even if we sign a winger, we sign a proper winger. Not Daniel Mancini. We sign a proper winger. Yeah. Otherwise, just go with Bowler. Go with Bowler and Rodriguez to the end of the season. You don't need more players for the sake of having players. You need players that will make a difference. The only necessity is a right back. Even at centre back, I will go as far as saying, go with what we have. You bought Aretos back in the summer. It was it a gamble? Play it. Like put your chips on the table. Then you bought Aretos. Play him. Now in the now in Spain, Socrates is injured. I know he's in the squad, but play Aretos and Doi. Can Aretos yeah. play two ninety-minute games? Can he play three ninety-minute games in a row? Play him against Huddersfield. Play him against Dundalk. Play him against Forest. Let's see. And then decides: Do we really need to buy a band-aid centre back? Yeah. Or should we trust Bart again? Play him. Why did we bring him back? Why did we bring back Retos? Did we just bring him back so that we could make numbers for the UEFA list? No. No. Play him. Yeah. The, here's a comment from uh, uh, Aries Galamatis or Aris Galamatis. Sorry. Uh, Mother Las coexisted with Siovas only two seasons and he was in both starting 11s. The, my point was the, the Greek going back to the Greek center back thing. Um, not that they were built for a very long time. Yeah. You're 100% right. I just want to like that. Those seasons when we had Manola and Siovas, we had an all Greek back line. Do you remember that? It was Torosidis. Manolas, Siovas, and Holebas. We had an all Greek back line. We could get, we could, we're like, if we build this, you know, if it works out how I would like it to work out, we could also have an all Greek back line again. But, you know, okay, maybe Rezzo sticks around. We bring up Kalogeropoulos and Doi. We have uh, Kitsos on the left. Okay, hopefully Doran Ledner too. And then on the right, well, for the moment, it's Vrusai and Andruzos. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're that close to having an all-Greek back line. Big but, mistake this summer. Big mistake this summer not signing Saliakas, letting him go to second division Germany. Big mistake. Who laughed at us when we talked about that too in Labra. our chat? That was Labro? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, we're going to uh. – yeah. Big mistake. Uh, Gosta, we're coming up almost an hour. Almost an hour we're coming up to here. Uh, before we close up, uh, maybe brief chat about the World Cup Let's for a few games tomorrow. Uh, guys, uh, I don't know if any of you guys are betting guys out there, but uh, those of you that have been following, uh, I've actually been doing pretty well with some of our, our betting, uh, some of our pro tips, as it were, for betting. Been doing all right. I'm still in the black, even though today I don't think I've won anything. But uh, – like and subscribe, guys. Don't forget, those of you that are tuning in, uh, keep in touch uh, with all the news that's coming, all the betting stuff that's going on for the World Cup. We also uh, are going to get in touch with all the transfer rumors. We're, ears are on the ground. Everybody is 
all over the place. Our, our hands are everywhere these days, keeping you guys up to date with all the latest information. So help us continue to grow the red and white community and make this the best that it can be. But real quick before we close up, go. So let's get some of these betting tips out for the boys. There's a lot of you guys that are betters. Uh, I do post the bets that I make every night. We put them on socials to follow along. There's a couple of games coming up. Uh, the first game that's coming up is uh, tomorrow. It's going to be Serbia versus Cameroon. Uh, for those of you that uh, are looking to bet, the bet that I'm making, uh, I actually am taking uh, Serbia in this match, and I'm taking an uh, under. I'm using an over-under as well. It's like a, one of those double parlays. So I'm taking a Serbia win with under 2.5 goals. Part of the reason being is uh, the reason I'm taking this is under how, with Serbia and Cameroon's last performances, plus their performances leading up to the World Cup, neither one of them have been in games where they score three goals very often. In fact, both teams, the games that they play, they're averaging under two and a half goals a game. So mathematically, the odds are with you that this game will be um, around that time. Now, I think Serbia, of course, uh, even though they didn't look so good against Brazil, it's Brazil, one of the strongest teams in the tournament. They've got a lot of firepower, that, and Cameroon, for me, doesn't seem to have it. They only had one great chance in the first game that they played, uh, and it was a bit of a whiff of a chance. So uh, I'm taking Serbia with this, and I've got the under 2.5 goals. Gosh, do you have any fun bets for this game? Any picks for the winner? Mitrovic to score. That's be. another shout. He this actually is, is the favorite to score first. It's only 2.4. Very low okay. payout. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I expected a little bit more from Serbia against Brazil. Um, I think they set up quite conservative. Fair enough, playing against Brazil, which is a, a team that plays with with Casemiro and then Neymar as like a an 8-10. And they're very, very attacking. So, okay, maybe they were wise not to go all out. But Serbia's got some good attacking players, man. Like uh, Filip Kostic didn't play in the first game. Uh, I can't remember if he came on as a sub. Vlahovic, uh, Vlahovic came on in the second half. Uh, I expect I expect Serbia to play Vlahovic and, and Mitrovic up front and put Kostic out on the left. I remember Kostic was a nightmare when we played Frankfurt. That, that left foot, great balls into the box. Uh, and Kostic and Vlahovic play at Juventus together, don't they? They do. Like, I... Yeah, I expect uh I think under 2.5 is a decent decent shout borderline borderline. It could be if Serbia score in the first half. I, I don't know about that Cameroon defense to be honest with you. Well, so that's the thing, man. That's the thing. It's the 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 funny thing is Serbia when when like I pull the games up, right? They do have, like, if you look at the games they just played in the last calendar year, right, including the game that they played against Brazil, the games are either them crushing their opponents four or whatever to one, or it's like a single goal in the game. So the average puts it at about 2.2, 2.4. But I'm going <laughs> with, yeah, Kunde will, Kunde will save Cameroon. Maybe <laughs> one of those rockets from outside the box actually goes in. And then we can sell him. Yeah. But uh, Cameroon hasn't looked terrible. And I've just been seeing the, or at least the way I see it with where the, the opportunities have come from. Serbia 
it's one of those things like expectation versus how they've rea- like realistically performed. They have great attacking talent. They should be scoring more. They just haven't recently. So that's more the under 2.5 also had a much better payout than the 3.5. So that's also why I picked it, but we'll see what happens. Um, those are the, uh, those are my picks at least for tomorrow's game. Uh, then the next game we've got going on South Korea and Ghana. Now I have to tell you, I mean, I've got a soft spot for South Korea in this game. Mainly I think because we all of, do. Yeah, I think we all do. So no surprise. Uh, my bet for this game, I've got a South Korea win and both teams to score. Uh, somebody, uh, actually a, my cousin, thought that was a strange bet for me to make because he thought South Korea played very well in their game against uh, Uruguay. And he, didn't, and he thought Ghana maybe... Uh, has a lot of goals that they're going to concede. I'm not. I'm not taking a lot away from this Ghanaian team, but I do think the South Korean team should have gotten points out of their previous game. I thought they did very well personally. I thought they possessed the ball very well, and I'm doubling down on that this time. I got the bet wrong before because I had South Korea uh, to win and both teams to score, but neither scored in the last game. So I'm doubling down on that uh, with this game going forward. I think. I think. Um, South Korea, uh, the the Ghanaian team is a weaker team. Uh, it's a different team, a team that can score and that has power getting forward. But I think that they they will get the win. But I think there will be some goals in this game too. So I'm doubling down on my previous bet with him. How do you think? I'm never betting Wee Joe Long to score. He actually doesn't have a nice payout for this either. It was only like 4, 4.0. Not enough. It should be like 11. And then maybe yeah. I would have placed the bet for it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Whatever you do, guys, don't forget to go and bet on betus.com.pa. You can use the code GATE7INCL. You get 125% boost on your first deposit. If you're a betting guy, yeah, go and check that out as well. Nice little promo uh, help incentive from us. Yeah, GI Joe to score tomorrow? I don't know, yeah. man. But I think I think both teams to score is a is a good bet. I haven't I haven't seen the the lines, but that that seems six. That's a six. Six tomorrow. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll put a tenner on that. Yeah. Tomorrow. So I I sat there and I was well it, on Bet US it's a six. So that's why I said wait a minute because I was looking at some of the other lines, and um, I. As soon as I saw that it was that high, I was like, come on. I mean, there's gonna there has to be goals in this game. I mean, just the way you saw how Ghana played against Portugal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way this game doesn't have goals in it. So I mean, South Six. Korea should have had goals against Uruguay. They had one penalty that I thought was a clear penalty for me that was not given to them by the referee. And they had quite a few opportunities against a strong, a very strong Uruguay team, in my opinion. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens, but uh, I didn't want to do another boring over 2.5 goal bet, something like that. So I just wanted to mix it up a little bit, but that's what I'm going. On Ladbrokes is two. Only two? Yeah, Ladbrokes, both teams to score is two. Two I got got 6.0 ones on this one, buddy. Six to to one. Yeah, buddy. Crazy. Go and bet you still come now. (laughs) That's nuts. I'm telling you, I mean, people I have people have messaged me over uh, things because their their odds have been way better than most of the European ones. So very enticing. 
Very enticing stuff. Uh, wow. Third match, I don't think anybody is going to be very different for me than this. But you have Brazil versus Switzerland. That's the third game of the day. And the bet that I took for this is a Brazil win and over three and a half goals scored. Brazil That's what I've got for this. Over three and a half. Mm-hmm. That's 2.95 2. on Ladbrokes. So this one for me was uh, 4.5. Or sorry, 3.5. 3.5. Okay. So that was... Normally, I usually stick around the 2.5 mark for the over-unders because I think that's, like, very safe. You see, like, most of the averages, that's where my money's been made on a lot of these bets is sticking to that 2.5 and getting the right result or the right winner, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, but it seemed it seemed pretty juicy. Unfortunately, because, South, uh, because Brazil's such a heavy favorite, there's, like, no lines that have really good odds or anything that's super tasty. Everything is, like, 1.1 or, like, very low twos. Not too much was enticing, but this Brazil team just looks really good, man. Um, they, have, they have to be favorites. Bra- or if, Brazil, if not. Brazil to win and both teams to score is 3.4 on Ladbrook. Yeah. But their so, defense looks pretty good too, the last game. Yeah. Thiago, Thiago was walking it, but it was just clearing everything and Casemiro was everywhere. And Who was it's... the other center-back? It was uh, Thiago and... Marquinhos. Marquinhos, there you go. Yeah. And they're both they're both great players. I mean yeah. Serbia, I'm pretty sure Serbia's XG was 0.2 for that match. Yeah, and no, they did nothing. I don't remember Serbia really having a sniff. And to be fair, with this game as well, it's not like you know, Switzerland didn't exactly wow me in the first game either. Uh that first game that they played that they played, I was not uh I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. Uh, they got the one nothing against Cameroon, and I—I I mean, Cameroon in that game, I thought they only had one major scoring chance in that game, but they got forward, in my opinion, just as well as Switzerland did. So I'm not super high on this Swiss team. Uh, their defense is usually pretty good, but if if they were that pressured by um, Cameroon, I I really feel like Brazil's going to have a field day with them, but we'll see. Uh, that was my bet for that was my bet at the very least for this. It's a little bit, I think it's a little aggressive. If you want to be safer, you could do 2.5, but the 2.5 line is very low. I mean, for Bet US at the time when I was doing the bets, it was 2.1, which is that's um, nothing. So I'm, I'm going a little bit higher on those. The last game, of course, is Portugal Uruguay. Uh, this one was, uh, this is a very interesting, probably the more fun game of the day. Um, I'm, I, in the end, I did take Portugal uh, as the winner with an under 2.5. So Portugal, Santos ball, they tend to play more defensive, although they did get a few goals against the Ghanaian team. I think because of that, I think Santos is going to huddle it in, play it close to the chest. It'll it'll be an uglier game maybe than we're, we expect, especially for the, ta- the, the talent that Portugal has. Uh, I think they will get the win. It'll be a little ugly. The goals will probably come in the second half. That's the context I see. But I think when the first one goes in with Portugal, they'll get a second one again after that. So one nothing, 2 nothing, Portugal. I'm looking at under a 2.5 spread. And this one's paying out uh, 4.5. So decent odds again. Um, so I think I'll, I, I think I'll probably hit at least one of these tomorrow. Um, 
my general strategy with these guys stay away from like the exact scoreline bets. Those are traps and they're very rare, very hard to get. Stay away from those traps, stick to over unders and uh, picking match winners. That's those have been the ones where I've been cleaning up on and I'm healthily in the black. So for those of you, I've had people ask me about corners. Corners are fun to do, but it's just all over the place. Um, and they don't pay out as well right now for the World Cup. Um, I was doing corner bets for Libyakos in Europa League because there were some crazy, crazy odds you could get for those. But for the World Cup, it's not as tasty. It's not as interesting. So I'm sticking to a lot of these over-unders and kind of like these double parlays where I pick the match winner and then I go with an over-under or like both teams to score or something like that. Um, and then in some cases, if it's like a, a, a vast underdog, I just pick the win like I did with Japan. So, yeah. and that I made that was paid that paid out 11. Uh, that was yeah. 11 to one. So, I bet did really well with that. And that's what I'm sticking with with these guys. Don't fall into the traps with like, I'm not even doing like first to score or goal scorer. Those seem like traps to me too. Stick with over unders, double parlay them into uh, um, match winners. And if you've been following the World Cup, uh, there's been some surprises. Don't get me wrong, but if you've been following and watching the games, um, there's not too many major surprises. Uh, and you can take a reach here and there. Uh, when you're doing your bets, do a couple that are close to the chest that seem a little bit more short, and then take a flyer or two. It doesn't hurt. And it's fun. Uh, that we're In the end, we're doing this because it's fun. Sparrows, you've been sending me your bets also, so thank you for doing that, and thank you for engaging. If you want to bet with us, don't forget, Gate7INTL is the promo code. Every time we post the bets for the next day, we also include the link. So you can go directly, just set the account up. They accept crypto. So you can use cryptocurrency uh, to make your deposits as well. And they double whatever you're depositing for crypto as well. <clears throat> and uh, I, I think a credit card, they take credit card, but only for specific countries, I think. Um, so, but check it out, guys. The odds are great. The odds are better than most of the other uh, platforms I've seen because they're trying to get aggressive and get people to bet with them. And you should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Share your bets with us too, for those of you that haven't done it already. And we're going to keep doing this the rest of the World Cup. Uh, who knows? Maybe on another show we'll do some more bets like this. But um, Gosta, I think this about wraps it up. I don't think we have anything else tonight. Who do you got for your World Cup winner while we're here? Who do you think's going to – like three teams, who do you think are your three front runners right now for the World Cup? Disclaimer, I've watched very little so far, but I think Brazil, France, um, ask me, ask me again after the knockouts, maybe okay. Spain. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the Germany game today, but I well, we were it. recording. I watched the beginning before we came yeah. up here and it was tight, but I like uh, I, I'm like dude Brazil and France. I mean, yeah, Brazil and France they, they just have more depth than everybody else. Um, but my third, USA, USA. shop, USA. <laughs> no, should have beat should have beat the three lions, the three pussy cats. Should have beaten them. We'll see what happens. What we about we close? Uh, Ne never write off the Croatians either. Um, like one of those, yeah. Oh never yeah. Write, never write Croatia off. Oh, that game pissed me off. 
because I had the right context. I just thought that the goals wouldn't come, like the winning goals wouldn't come till the second half. I knew Canada would score first, but and I knew Croatia would end up winning the game. But I really thought that first half, it would be 1-1 and end 1-1. And then second half, Croatia would run away with it. But they got the second goal before the half. Ah, man. Their Croatia is always good, man. Modric is just class. I love that guy. Legend. Le- absolute legend. Tottenham legend. <laughs> Stop. I, I always forget that he played there before going to Real. Of course he did. Yeah, I always forget did. that. I always forget about that club. Just because you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially those of you that made it this far. Don't forget to check out the Holebas interview if you haven't done so already. Amazing interview. Best interview we've done so far. More great things to come. Cheer on Libyakos DC. They've got their division final game this Saturday. Send a message to the guys. Wish them the best of luck. We want the best for our boys. Anybody that wears the red and white kit. And thank you guys again. We'll see you next time. Don't know when the next episode will be. Probably next Sunday, I think. Today is Sunday, right? Yeah, today is Sunday. So next Sunday, probably, unless something fun comes up midweek. Who knows? Check out the bets as we post them as well if you want to make money. We've been making money so far, so join with us, and you can make a pretty penny yourself. So until next time, guys, this is Gate 7 International. By the fans, for the fans. We'll see you next time. Oh,